The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Devo. And welcome in to a special edition of Devo's Dish on Clubhouse Conversation as I check in and discuss my two-day voyage down to Springdale, Arkansas with you here on Clubhouse Conversation as we went down to watch the Northwest Arkansas Naturals on Friday, July 25th and Saturday, July 26th. Now, first of all, I live in Kansas City. If you are anywhere near the Kansas City Metro or anywhere within a few hours, of Springdale, Arkansas, I highly recommend this trip if you've never made it. That's the first plug in there for the trip down to Springdale. Springdale, part of three towns right together, Rogers, Springdale, and Fayetteville there in northwest Arkansas. I suggest staying in Fayetteville if you want to go a little nicer, maybe 130 bucks a night. Hotel Chancellor will not disappoint. Nicest hotel in Fayetteville. Stayed there a couple of times right downtown within a couple of blocks of Dixon Street. If you want to partake in some beverages and stumble your way home safely at the end of the night, I suggest that. Not a ton to do during the day down there, but Mellow Mushroom, my favorite pizza place in the world, is there. I highly recommend Mellow Mushroom. Um, you know, Eureka Springs is only an hour and a half, two hours away if you have your wife or girlfriend with you, or if, ladies, you're listening right now, maybe your man with you. So not trying to play tour guide here. Listen, listen to my interview I did with Vance Wilson, the skipper of the Naturals last week. He gives you some more feedback on what you can do down there. But let's get to the good stuff here, baseball. And my thoughts on several of the prospects during these two games. We'll go over them game by game. First of all, we'll start with Friday night when the Naturals won 4-1 to over Springfield in front of a crowd over 7,000 there that they had at Arvest Ballpark. And... The story was J.C. Solbaran, a kid I've been excited to see quietly having an awesome year for the Naturals. He was, by the way, a teammate of Eric Hosmer's in high school. J.C. Solbaran, a 30th round selection. So talk about flying under the radar. He came over in the trade to the Royals for Jonathan Broxton, along with Donnie Joseph, who is now no longer with the organization. But 30th round in 2008, 24 years of age is Solbaran. So he's still at that age where... There's definitely some upside left, and that's pretty exciting because here's what I saw. Now, a rough season last year for Sol Baron, first of all. So he's on no prospect list. I understand if you're a little skeptical about him. I understand if maybe you say, well, you know, he's having a nice season, but it's in double A, and he's just a nice story, Davo. He doesn't, you know, profile at the major league level. I disagree. I was shocked by how good he looked, to be honest with you. And the Texas League, I mean, isn't exactly a pitcher's paradise like the Carolina League is. He got lit up in the Carolina League last year, did Sol Baron. So I myself was skeptical coming into this year. But his line on Friday night when we were there, seven innings, no run ball, scattered four hits, struck out nine in his seven innings to go along with two walks. He now has a 2.72 ERA, does Sol Baron for the season. Now you look at his numbers a little bit further. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. I kind of take this as good news for a couple of reasons. Now, lefties are actually not hitting him as well as righties are. So he's better against lefties than he is righties, which seems like it'd be a good sign in the middle stages of development. If you can get the lefties out and you continue to get better, hopefully you can find a pitch and a style to start getting the right-handers out better as well as you move up in the minor leagues. But lefties are hitting 247 against him with a 187. Righties, 268, a 368. So... Uh, interesting there. But the good news is about the righties, he does strike out over a hitter per inning against the right-handers. And overall, Solberin has struck out 93 and 109 innings. So the strikeout's not quite as high as you would like to see, but they're in the ballpark. They're not totally out of there. 
The curveball looked fantastic. His breaking stuff was good. Talked to Jim Brower, pitching coach, briefly about that. Talked to Sol Baron. It's coming along really well, they say. And, yeah, I mean, the fastball sat 90 to 91. I did see several 92s throughout the night. I would say probably a dozen 92s, maybe 10. And he touched 93 a couple of times, including hitting 92 in his final inning of work, did Sol Baron. Kept the ball down. Only two balls the entire night were squared up in the seven innings. And I just like this kid, J.C. Sol Baron. I'm not saying he's going to be a great major league pitcher, but I definitely do think, if I was a betting man, I would say you will definitely see J.C. Sol Baron at the major league level, which is not exactly going out on a limb with the kind of season he's having there in the Texas League. And a guy that I would hope would be sneaking up the Royals prospect list coming up this winter. We'll definitely keep our eye on J.C. Solbaron. So after that, Blake Wood came in. Yeah, that Blake Wood, the former Royal Blake Wood, who was in the major leagues earlier this year with Cleveland. But rocket shots all over the park immediately upon Blake Wood coming in. It was touching 98, 99, but everything was just getting smoked. It was straight as an arrow, which is kind of sad to see. I've always liked Blake Wood a lot. So that kind of even further speaks to how well Solbaron was throwing when he comes out of the game and right away, bam, 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 three hits. Wood went just one inning, gave up a run. But two of the three outs that Blake Wood recorded, by the way, were off of horrible base running. A runner was thrown out of home plate. Looked like he ran through a stop sign. Justin Trapp made a strong throw from shallow left field to gun him out at the plate. And then Blake Wood got another guy out when Max Ramirez, who has since been released, which is kind of sad. But Max Ramirez was playing first, went out, made a, a catch in shallow right and gunned out a runner at second on a double play. So two of the three outs Wood got were also off of base running. Not that we want to talk too much about him, but, you know, just a little note there. I'm Blake Wood. Um, one other thing, Andrew Triggs finished off the ninth. Very nice. One, two, three. Got to be honest with you, I was distracted during the majority of his inning. That's the one inning of the two days where I didn't get to, to watch too much of it due to a very attractive woman that was next to me. <laughs> That's the honest truth there. So I apologize. I'm not getting a better scattering report on Andrew Triggs. I can tell you the blonde next to me was approximately 5'6", 130, and had yoga pants on. So there you go. There's a little scouting report there for you. Some beautiful women down there, by the way, in northwest Arkansas. You get more than you thought you'd get here in Clubhouse Conversation. So we're going to go over the hitters, by the way, the position players at the end. We're going to go do pitching night by night. So that's Friday night. Saturday night, the Naturals won 4 to nothing. is another 30th rounder. We told you about J.C. Solbert in the 30th rounder. Same thing for Christian Benford, although a few years later for him. In 2011, Benford made the start fresh off his recent Futures game outing and did not disappoint in the least. How about six and a third scoreless innings for Benford? Six Ks, no walks. Love that. Six strikeouts, no walks, scattered seven hits. But I'll tell you, two of those seven hits were because of very poor defense. And this is a bad Naturals team defensively. We're going to talk about that later. There are some awful defensive players out there right now for the Naturals who are not doing the pitchers any favors. Something to keep in mind when you look at the box scores, especially when you look at the amount of hits allowed. A couple of those seven hits, yeah, were just no range and not good defense. There's a couple infield choppers. So really, I would say the entire night, I know this is hard to believe when the guy gets up seven hits, I saw one ball get hit hard in six and a third against Christian Benford. And pretty much the same thing with Sol Baron. Both of these guys were that good. Now, Benford sat not quite as high as Sol Baron, 88 to 89 on the gun the majority of the time occasionally hit 91, but the velocity is not near uh, where it would have been with Sol Baron, for example. But we knew that going in with Christian Benford. But once again, like Sol Baron, everything was down. Both pitchers were keeping the ball down. Both pitchers got in the hands a lot, especially Benford. I thought he really sawed off a number of guys, even more so than Sol Baron. Looked like a veteran out there, the way he pitched. 
hit a guy and then nearly hit a guy in the head. Like the next hitter didn't look phased, just looked a little upset at himself, came right off, kind of shook his head and was discussing it with himself, but didn't get rattled. I like seeing that. When you when you hit a guy and you come back to the next hitter and almost hit him in the head with a fastball, that's a good sign if you can come right back out, still pitch inside and not have a getaway. I mean, that showed me. I mean, we've seen even guys like Danny Duffy in the past hit a guy or two and then just completely lose it. There was an outing what, his third or fourth relief outing this year, Danny Duffy? I want to say it was up in the Twin Cities, wherever it was. Remember, he hit, hit two guys and then just could not throw strikes anymore. He was almost scared to throw inside. It was nice seeing somebody like Benford, my point being, go out there with that kind of makeup. So that's something I took away was his makeup along with his stuff, being able to move the ball up and down, in and out. And now another good thing about Benford, how young he is, but already has had Tommy John surgery before being drafted. 30th round in 2011. So this is a kid, I, I don't quite know what to think. I, I want to see him throw again in person. I want to see him in AAA. Definitely a big league pitcher at some point. I feel like a lot of Royals fans and pundits have kind of put like a number four tag on him as his upside in the rotation because maybe the velocity is not there. But the strikeout numbers are 115 Ks and 112 innings this year between Wilmington and Northwest Arkansas combined 2-3-3 for Benford. I'm going to be completely honest, and I, I'm shocked saying this. I was stuff-wise, stuff-wise, only talking stuff. Stuff-wise, maybe even slightly more impressed by J.C. Solberian, which, again, you can laugh at me and say, oh, he had a 5 ERA in, in Wilmington, the Pitchers League and the Carolina League, and now he's, you know, whatever, he's 24. <laughs> I'm telling you, Solberian has the stuff. Just trust me. Christian Benford. The stuff's not quite as good as Solberian, but the makeup is definitely there. Love the makeup. Love seeing him move the ball around. I definitely think he's a major league pitcher as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Let me take a quick sip of water here. My mouth is dry as a desert. Very professional here on Clubhouse Conversation. Okay, Sam Selman next. He came out of relief on Saturday night, replacing Benford. Now, Benford, the 30th-round pick. Now, Selman, a second-round pick. In 2012, out of Vandy, Selman, a guy that's mainly started since coming into the system. Since they moved into the bullpen, he's been doing pretty good out there for the Royals. The lefty we've heard quite a bit about. Selman would face six on Saturday night, retired five of them on four Ks. Did not walk anybody. So, inning in two-thirds for Selman. Struck out four of the five outs. Looked really good, especially against the lefties. Although, if you look at the splits, they are somewhat messed up this year and don't really show how deceptive and good he should be against left-handers. And some of that's probably his recent switch to the bullpen. Maybe he's better out of the bullpen. I don't know if the Royals plan on making this a full-time thing. I only talked to Selman for about 30 seconds. I have no idea about that. So, um, A kid to keep your eye on is Selman. I, I would imagine with his stuff, was sitting low 90s. Free and easy, nice delivery. Really like what I saw out of Salmon. I think he's a good possibility to make it up to Kansas City at some point someday as well. Allie Williams came in and finished the ninth with a strikeout and a hit. But you look, like I said, the, the two guys that blew me away, Sol Baron and Benford, both did. And I'm very excited about Sam Salmon. And even Triggs and Williams look good. But obviously the three I want to talk most about and have is Sol Baron, Benford, and Salmon. So keep your eyes on all three of those guys. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, double A is the first level where you can start really I, I feel like I feel like it's kind of I feel like it's kind of fool's gold in a way to pay too much attention to stats and such until you hit double A. Because I think the biggest jump in the minor leagues is obviously from high A ball to double A. So 
I don't know. These guys are still pretty early in their double A careers. You know, I only saw them one time, so I could have caught Solberon on a very good night or what have you. Maybe I caught Salmon on a very good night. And some of these guys I may have caught in a bad night. So take this for what it's worth. I'm not a professional scout here. But this is what I see. And let's go over now, position player-wise, what we saw. Pretty much the majority of the lineup I'll talk about here. About six guys here. Angel Franco. Love the guy. I've loved him since he was with the Burlington Bees a few years ago. A nice, solid organizational guy at second base. He has the slightest of slight chances at making the big leagues. Slight, slight, slight chance as a utility player. Still only 24 years old. Not really, not very big, obviously. Defensively looks to be the most polished of any natural infielder. Maybe that's not saying a lot when we talk about a couple of the guys we're about to. But defensively looked pretty good out there at second base. Good range. Makes the plays. But offensively obviously not real great statistically his batting average is okay but the advanced stats and OPS and such don't don't point to him as having a great offensive upside especially repeating that level again but Franco did score up several balls hit the ball hard all weekend although he also looked very bad trying to lay down a, a squeeze bunt when he popped up it was a sacrifice squeeze by the way not a suicide popped that up for the out wasn't real happy about that Angel Franco a guy I like Probably more of an organizational guy, but somebody you've probably seen in the box score a lot that you've probably never heard anything about before. Very good kid. Very nice guy. Works hard. His teammates love him. Slight chance of a utility infielder. Same thing probably for Orlando Calixte, although obviously he has more upside, obviously, than Franco does. Quite a bit of upside with Calixte, but the problem is the defense is just so miserable. 931 fielding percentage this year, 19 errors at shortstop already for Calixte, who was late because of visa issues, even getting to the States. It was mid-May until he made it over here, but it's just been awful on defense this year. 19 errors. Still only 22. And the bat does show a lot of upside for Calixte, but like I said, he'll have to be able to obviously turn into a above-average defensive player at some point, or he's got no chance because he obviously is not good enough offensively to have his back carry him to the major leagues at the infield positions, middle infield especially. But eight home runs is kind of nice to see in just 275 at-bats. So some pop there for Calixte. Just a 653 OPS, but again, he's only 22. Give him one or two more years, possibly a big league player. Although I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's got much more upside than Franco, but the defense is so bad right now that... It's hard to really see Calixte making the major leagues, but I'd like to see it happen. I mean, he's got he's offensively good, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Calixte is kind of one of my more favorite players in the system for some reason. I've always really liked him. So maybe because we never knew his name necessarily until recently, and it's a cool name, and he, he plays hard and also has a smile on his face. I, I like the potential power in the bat, so somebody to keep an eye on is him. Now, Jorge Bonifacio... Interestingly enough, he's a kid who's really struggling this year offensively. I mean, I saw him twice miss breaking pitches by a foot. A good breaking ball alone away was hacking and not even coming close. So Bonifacio, the stats obviously show that he's having a miserable year. 225, the 6'11 OPS, and only four home runs and 391 at-bats. For Bonifacio, a kid who's back again in northwest Arkansas, you would hope for some more development, but just turned 21 a month ago. He's so young, and I think... I think, you know, I've talked to a couple of scouts while I was down there, talking to Vance Wilson, talking to other people inside the organization. They love this kid. Love Bonifacio, both on and off the field. You can see why. Another guy like 
Calixte has always got a smile on his face. Franco, these guys love to play down there. And, and yes, a lot of that's just minor league baseball. I'm, I go to enough games. I understand that. It's a di- different atmosphere down there. But especially these three kids. They just, they just love it, man. I love seeing it. Bonifacio, very positive, very happy, very hard worker. I I hope the power will come. We keep hearing about the power, but you go back and look at his stats. There's just not the power there yet. I think next year will be a big year, obviously, in his development as he turns 22 and will repeat Northwest Arkansas again, no doubt, in 2015. Moving on to Chesler Cuthbert, playing a tiny bit of second this year. I saw him at first, and I don't mean to be rude here or anything, but Chesler Cuthbert is just as bad defensively at first as he was at third. I saw him last year at third base. It was like he had handcuffs on it. It was just knocking down the balls, couldn't feel balls cleanly, slow feet, not very good range. Saw some of the same thing at first base, couldn't make scoops, didn't move around well. Has lost some weight, looks better. I think he, I think he's put himself in better shape this year. Definitely give him credit for that, which he deserves. So defensively, Cuthbert's not close to where he needs to be as well. Perhaps the worst defensive player in my mind on the Naturals, which is kind of saying something, actually, but him and Calixte probably do the most work, obviously, defensively, but I think Cuthbert might be a little worse um, as far as for first and third. Not going to have as many errors, obviously, playing those positions as you would at shortstop, but the good thing is offensively, Cuthbert's having a really nice year. 745 OPS. Another another kid who just turned 21, by the way. Career-high nine home runs already. That's a career-high eight was previously and 361 at-bats and still probably has 150 at-bats left in him this year. Decent play discipline as well. So offensively, Cuthbert quietly putting together a nice season. I would definitely say he's easily still in the top 10 of the Royals prospect list. Somebody to keep your eyes on. Somebody who's very young. Perhaps of the four guys we've mentioned so far, he has the the most upside offensively. Most would say Bonifacio, obviously. Bonifacio people tell you has the highest upside. I haven't seen the power yet, but I'm going to trust people who know a lot more about baseball than I do. But Cuthbert is right there as well. Upside offensively. I, I like the power potential. I just wish he would show something more on defense. I, I, I never remember reading too bad. And, you know, maybe I'm way off on these, but I I don't think so. I, I never remember reading too many scouting reports that were too harsh in his defense, but I'm telling you, it ain't pretty. We're talking Jason Taylor bad. If you remember Jason Taylor, one of the many busts that the Royals had several years ago when he played at Burlington. Another drink here, hang on. When he played at Burlington and had the famous fight with Mike Moustakis where he wasn't hustling and Moose was younger and his first year in pro ball told him to start hustling and they almost got in a fight in the dugout. That was Jason Taylor. So anyway, some shades of him when I see, uh, uh, you know, Cuthbert over there at third and first base. Hunter Dozier. God, I love this kid. In a slump right now, but what a gamer. Uh, we saw him lace a double down the line. Had one hit while we were there, laced it. But more than that, I mean, I wasn't too worried about results with him. He's in a slump right now. Dozier, a kid who just looks like he should be hitting for the Oakland Athletics. And that's like the ultimate compliment. It's something the Royals are just dying to have. A hitter with an approach. A hitter with patience. Works the count. Waits for his pitch. He just looks so damn polished up there. A lot of these other guys are up there hacking and don't seem capable of having long at-bats. Like, I mean, he's having, like, Boston Red Sox-ish at-bats, working the count full, fouling off pitches, taking close pitches. You can just tell. Hunter Dozier's going to be a big-time player in the major leagues. Didn't see a lot out of him offensively. Sadly, defensively, there's only about three balls hit to him the two nights I was out there. So I can't give you too much of him defensively. It looked like he had a plus arm, but... 
I don't want to say too much because I didn't get to see him much. That's the first time I've ever seen him play this year. Whereas guys like Cuthbert and Calixte and Bonifacio and Franco, I've seen several times now. So this is the first time I've seen Dozier. I don't want to say too much about him because I, 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 defensively, I don't know much about him. It looks like he's a plus arm. I'll just say that. And offensively, the approach looks fantastic. So I'm very excited about Hunter Dozier. I would think by September of next year, he got to be knocking on the door for Kansas City. One other guy I want to talk about, position player-wise, Lane Adams is on the DL. We, we, we would be raving about him. I think, definitely think Lane Adams is a major league player as well. But he's injured, so I didn't get to see him this year. Saw him last year. Big fan of his. But Justin Trapp, the other guy, I want to talk about. Now, Trapp, speaking of arms, a much better arm than I realized he was going to have. They've moved to the outfield, obviously, more of a second baseman. But now that Calixte is there and, you know, Bonifacio, or not Bonifacio, Calixte and Cuthbert and on and on, Franco, so on and so forth. They've got Trap playing a lot of outfield, center and left fields where we saw him. Very rough in the outfield. It's completely just whiff on a ground rule double. High fly ball that landed on the warning track and bounced over the fence where he just overran it and it was just ugly. Very rough in the outfield for Justin Trapp. The arm's there, but the he's not an outfielder. So Norwood has bad allow him to be an, off, an outfielder, obviously. A guy who, though, I still think there's a little upside there in him. He's almost 24, I believe. So, you know, perhaps he's more of an organizational guy. Most likely he's more of an organizational guy. But a guy that I wouldn't sleep on. I still think Justin Trapp, with the way he runs, has a chance. Good play discipline. Can still get base, can walk. I think there's some upside there inside Justin Trapp. So just keep an eye on him. Most likely, just like Franco, organizational guys, but at least worth mentioning in the report here on your dish. So hopefully you've liked this. You know, I went over about half of the Northwest Arkansas team. Of course, didn't see a few of the guys. I wanted to see Andy Ferguson, who's also having a nice year, starting for the Naturals. I wanted to see Tim Melville after reading so much about him, but appears he's probably going to come up short of his major league dreams. Saw his outing on Sunday tonight as I record this. Only had one strikeout in five innings, and... Doesn't seem to be anywhere near what the Royals were hoping, so that's kind of sad to see. But didn't get to see Melville or Ferguson or Adams, obviously, who was injured. But those were the main guys that I want to say much about, um, the main guys to keep an eye on. So all in all, in summary, I'm very pleased with what the Royals have in Northwest Arkansas. Defensively, it's horrible. But pitching, they've got a number of guys down there. You just go down the list. I already named you about six of them right there. You look at guys that are going to be adding coming up soon to Northwest Arkansas, Manaya and Finnegan and Zimmer to go along with those guys we mentioned like Solbaron and Benford and uh, Selman on, you know, on and on. And I, and I like the crop of position players. They have a lot of the Latin guys, especially like we mentioned the Cuthberts, the Bonifacios, the Calixtes, some nice players there in Northwest Arkansas. So definitely a fun team to watch. If you get a chance to go down in the month of August, and watch them these last few weeks of the season. Do it. Keep an eye on them. Hopefully you have enjoyed listening to this. If you made it all 23 minutes in here, congratulations. Thanks for listening to me yap. Would love to hear your comments. I want to hear from you. I mean, you've pro- some of you people listening, if you've, if you've made it this far, you have probably have seen the Naturals play as well, or, or maybe you read a lot about them. Leave a comment here on Clubhouse Conversation on the page. Send me an email. Send me a tweet at Royals Clubhouse. Would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts as well. But all in all, Royals fans, I mean, you hear about how the Royals, maybe the minor league system isn't quite what it was. Maybe it's 7th or 8th ranked right now, the farm system. But I'm really pleased with what they have in Northwest Arkansas. A lot of good players, and that excites me. Let's just hope. I think the Royals are going to make a trade for Alex Rios here this week. Let's just hope they don't give away too much for him and hopefully none of these guys I've mentioned tonight because I like a lot of them 
very much. Thanks for listening to Clubhouse Conversation, our special Northwest Arkansas Natural Report. We'll talk to you again Tuesday night after the Royals and the Twins right here. Have a good night.